Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us today and enjoy today's service. Excited that you're here. If you'll stand with us for worships this morning, guys, we are diving right in. And I think one of the most important parts of worship is that it reminds us of who God is. It reminds us that He's sovereign, that we're not, that He's in control, not us, and that He has won the victory on our behalf. And that's a reason to praise Him, it's a reason to worship Him. So let's just give Him some praise this morning. And let's talk to Him, Father. God, you are the reason that we are here. And God, some of us are carrying heavier burdens than others right now, and I just pray in the name of Jesus that you would meet every single person right where they are. God, you are so good to us, and we cling to your promises, and we just wanna love on you because you loved us first. So I pray that you feel welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in. God, you, you are a guest of honor. So come and have your way in Jesus' name. Amen, let's worship.
just talks about everything that God does for us, how we, he tears down walls, there's, he, he removes the shadows, the chains, he, he leaves the 99, and it goes, we couldn't earn it, and we couldn't deserve it, and still he gives himself away, and he gives his love away, and I believe that he does every bit of this, and he asks this one thing from us just to receive it, to accept it. He does all the work and he hands it out. But I think we think, oh, you know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Yeah, I, I know he loves the world, but me, no, 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 you don't. I've made the mistakes. I've done the things, my past, my history, my relationships in shambles, my my, my family's a mess, my finances all, you, you don't understand, see, I know he loves the world, but, but me, no, no, no. And we sing this song, I couldn't earn it, I couldn't, I don't deserve it, and we're like, yep, that's me. I didn't earn it and I don't deserve it, so therefore, it's not for me. No, no, no. He does all the work. He does everything. So that all we have to do is open our hearts and say, God, Jesus, I receive your love. I receive you. There's no gap in your life to compared to anyone else's in this room that is too great for God's love to cover. There's no gap. There's no mistake. Scripture says we all, all of us fall short so short, so far short from the kingdom of heaven. But God, through Jesus Christ, blood shed on the cross, we are made righteous. We are made children of God. We are made loved. We are made forgiven. We are made treasured, provided for, protected. That is who we are, not because of anything we do. So church family, let's lift our hands and heavenly father, God, we're talking to you and we say today, we receive your love. We know we didn't earn it, we don't deserve it, but you still give yourself away. And God, we accept it. We don't hang on to the fact that we, don't, we haven't done anything for it because you didn't ask us to do anything for it. It's not a gift if we had to earn it and you chose to give it. And so God, we receive it today because of all that you have done for us in our lives. We love you, Jesus, we love you, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen.
All right, church family, those of you in the room, go ahead and take a seat, shake some hands, say hello to somebody. If you're watching with us online, we are so glad you chose to join us. We would love to see you in this building at some point, but we understand on this Labor Day weekend, though, we are so glad that everyone is here in person and online. If you are new here, we would love to get to know you a little bit more and give you a little bit more information about us. The easiest way to do that is to text FELLOWSHIP to 94000. If you text FELLOWSHIP to 94000, we'll uh, send you a little bit more information about us and what's going on here at Fellowship Church. If you're in the building, you can also take that one step further. You can go into the lobby after service. You can go to the information booth. Uh, let us know in the counter in the middle of the room. Let us know it's your first time here. We'd love to shake your hand, introduce ourselves, as well as give you uh, a drink, a uh, free drink for our, a specialty drink in our coffee shop for you and your visiting party. We are so glad you are here. So as we begin to uh, get ready to give, uh, we're not passing buckets anymore, so we do have a few ways to give. You can give online, you can give by mail, you can go onto your church center uh, app as well. That's a very easy way, or you can do a text giving to that number on the screen as well. But I would just want to take a moment. Uh, I've been in ministry here at Fellowship Church for 12 years, and the kingdom work that I have been able to witness over the years has been incredible. Uh, watching kids go from uh, little, literally infants all the way um, now into middle school and high school, it makes me feel really old uh, at times, but also it makes me feel blessed. And the kingdom work that we have got to do here at Fellowship Church through the years and changing lives, and I love to think about kids when, when they come to a camp or they, and they, or they, they come to a service and they hear the, the, the good news about Jesus or, or, they, or they're taught a principle from the Bible that changes their life. I just think about destinies being changed in the kingdom of God and how that they had a path and all of a sudden because they heard that message or they or they were they were showed love to from a green team member or something like that it changed the trajectory of their lives and that's what we do here at Fellowship Church we are destiny changers and working for that kingdom and we could not do any of that without your financial support so thank you thank you so much. I want to pray a blessing of prosperity over you. If you, need, if you need a blessing on you, please lift up your hands with me and let's just pray to our God. Father God, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. Like we talked about or sang about last week in that beautiful choir special, you are our God who provides. And yes, you provide financially, but we understand, God, that you provide in so many other ways. Even if we just looked at how you provide materialistically, God, it would be enough. But you provide health, you provide relationships, you provide so many other things in our and aspects of our life, God, and we thank you. God, I pray for each person in this room, a blessing on them. God, give them favor, give them raises, give them surprise checks in the mail, whatever it is, God, that how you can make a way to provide for them, I pray that you would do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you as you give. Here's a video to check out uh, about what is going on here at the rest of Fellowship Church. Next Sunday morning, we will be celebrating communion together as a church family. We would love to have everyone present with us as we celebrate what Jesus did on the cross. If you will be viewing online, make sure to have bread and grape juice or something comparable so you can celebrate with us from home. Speaking of things you shouldn't miss, our fall series is unbelievable. Here's Pastor Dan with a little bit more information about what we're gonna be doing this fall. Well, hello everyone. I'm here to tell you that this fall, we are going to get stronger. You know, the Bible tells us in Joel chapter three, it says, train up even your weaklings to become warriors. But what is that telling us? That's telling us that God wants us to become strong. Dan, are you saying that we're gonna start lifting weights? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that we need to become stronger in every area of our life, but specifically, we're gonna be talking about becoming stronger spiritually, that we're gonna become stronger as a church, stronger as individuals, stronger in our relationships, stronger in our families and our parenting, every area of your life, we're gonna become stronger and healthier and it's gonna make Fellowship Church stronger. So I wanna ask you to commit this fall to being with us and training with us and growing with us as we become stronger in our faith. So we are starting a series 
on September 26th. Uh, that's Sunday, September 26th. And I want to ask you, make the commitment to be there every week. You don't just go to the gym once and then uh, expect that to see changes. No, you commit to it over and over again. And then also make the commitment to invite your friends, invite coworkers. It's going to be a perfect series for people to get involved. So do it with us. Let's get stronger together. If you're looking for a place to connect and grow in your information about Jesus, join our Rooted Groups. They begin at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings and they run through that first service and into in between the two services. And it's a powerful time of both connection and learning. New groups will begin September 12th. Stop by the West Pergola for more information and help signing up. We are kicking off a new year of our young adults ministry. Young adults will meet for the first time together on September 19th on Sunday evening. It's gonna be an awesome time. You guys are gonna share a meal together, do a Bible study, and just make connections and friendships. Make sure to stop by the information counter to get more information about our young adults ministry. Parents of middle school and high school students, on September 27th, your kids don't have school, but we'll take them off your hands. Sign them up for Glenwood Adventure Park Day Trip. We're going to load up some buses, drive over there, 55 bucks, we'll feed them and get them into the park. It's gonna be so much fun. And they'll also build friendships and connect with our 4640 staff. Don't miss this great opportunity for students in sixth through 12th grade. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the rest of this morning service. Let's have some fun up in here right now. Y'all ready? It is a fact of life that women have the ability to ask more questions from your husband than we have the capability to give you accurate answers. To give you an example of this, about nine to 10 months ago, my younger brother, youngest daughter, was expecting a baby. The only thing we knew about this child was that it was going to be a boy, that's it, that's all we knew. My brother and men, for you women that do not understand this, men communicate in sound bites or snippets. Did y'all understand that? Especially brother to brother. So when it came time to know some information, my brother uh, sends me a text that says, Brittany had her baby. To that, I tell my wife, honey, I just got a text from my brother, and he said, Brittany had her baby. She said, oh, that's wonderful. How much did he weigh? I don't know. I just got a text from my brother that said, Brittany had her baby. Well, what color was his hair? I, I don't know. I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. Well, what hospital are they in? I, I don't know. I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. Well, you don't know anything. What do you know? I know. I just got a text from my brother that said Brittany had her baby. Now, it was early on in our relationship that I realized that Anna was going to do this to me a lot, so I decided early on that when she asked me a question that I did not know the answer to, and she kind of knew I didn't know the answer to, I would just start making up the answers. <laughs> it would go something like this. We would be driving down the road, she would look over in the field, she'd go, I wonder what that is. And I would go, well, you know, a lot of people don't know this, and NASA really doesn't want anybody to know it, but that is a satellite tracking station. That's right, they put it right here in Grand Junction, Colorado, because the skies are so clear, it allows us to be able to count the number of satellites that go across the sky at nighttime. I, and, and, and they only want to know the satellites traveling at night. They want to be able to know when they're coming over. and the, They don't care anything about the daytime, but at night, it's important that they know. And I would go on like this until she finally would look at me with that look like, I am going to kill you if you don't shut up. And now, after all these years, and she asked me a question that I don't know the answer, I wonder what, I just go, well, and when I do that, she just goes, stop. 
It was after my last visit to a doctor that my doctor told me it would probably be a good idea that I didn't do that to her anymore. <laughs> There's a lot of things we don't have the answers to. We don't know. Wives ask some questions, husbands give them little snippet answers. We don't have all the answers, don't have all the information. But there are a few things that we better know, and we better absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt. And the first one is this, how we're going to have a home in heaven when we leave here. Because we're all leaving here. Nobody's staying. 100% of the people leave this planet. Nobody gets to stay here. So you better know how you're going to have a home forever in heaven. And God makes it crystal clear that the only way you and I are going to have a home forever in heaven when we leave here is to get, on, on, get in on his plan of salvation. And his plan of salvation is that we might have a personal relationship with the heavenly father through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, we are not entitled to it, and we can't make up our own plan. We cannot decide that maybe we'll get there this way or we'll get there that way. For God told us and is very clear about it that there is only one way that you can be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you ask Jesus Christ, his son, to be your Lord and Savior, then you place your total faith and trust in him, that he did come to this earth, that he was born from a girl that had never had relationship with a man, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross of Calvary, that he rose again to make intercession for the Heavenly Father, sent the Holy Spirit in his place to do life with us here until we get there. That is the only way that a person can have a home forever in heaven. There is not, one, it is not one of many ways, it is the way. And you have got to line your life up and your thoughts up with absolutely knowing the truth. The salvation is through your relationship with God, through asking Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and be your Lord and Savior. So, we also need to know that God has a plan for the life that we have left. Once you accept Christ as your personal Savior, now God says, until you get to heaven, this is how I want you to do life. I want you to do life blessed. God's not mad at you. He doesn't want to make you miserable. If you are his child, you are to live a blessed life, a prosperous life, and Jesus tells us this in John chapter 10 and verse 10. Take a look at it with me if you would. Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, if you're not having this kind of life, it's because you have an enemy that is trying to rob you or to keep you from that kind of life, or you're going along with his plan and not God's plan. It is God's plan to give. It is the enemy's plan to steal, kill, and destroy. To, to steal what? Your happiness, your joy, your sense of confidence, to, to destroy, to take it away from you, this plan that God has for you. And then Jesus said, my purpose is to give. I'm not trying to take something good from you. I'm trying to give you a rich and a satisfying life. But then Jesus also tells us that in trying and striving for this rich and satisfying life that was his plan to give us in the first place, there's going to be problems, there's going to be trouble. Watch this. You're not going to be able to go through this life without experiencing wounds. Huh. Everybody is going to be damaged in some way. Did you hear me? Everybody experiences damage. There are people that shake your hand on Sunday morning whose lives have been damaged, wounds that they have suffered that they're going through that might even be fresh. There's people on the platform that are serving that, that, that are wounded. Everybody experiences wounds. We will not go through life without incurring wounds and without causing wounds. And I wish both weren't true, but both are absolutely truth. Here's what I'm saying. You're going to get wounded in this life. And when you do, those wounds need to be addressed. And watch this, dressed. And if you do not address those wounds... They're not going to heal quickly. Matter of fact, they can hang around year after year after year, keeping you from experiencing this full and satisfying life. You have to address, and then watch this, dress each wound that you receive. 
if you were ever to have cut yourself, ever to cause damage to your flesh and had to get stitches, uh, you've done what I've done in the past. You've gone to the doctor's office. You sit in a little room. Here comes the doctor and a nurse, right? They walk in and you tell them, I cut myself. This hurts. It is very tender. Let me see it. Oh, be careful. Be careful. It hurts. And then the doctor says, okay, we'll take care of that. And the doctor and nurse walk out. And then the nurse comes back in by herself carrying something that looks like a little Brillo pad. And she will dip it in a little something, pour a little something on it, and you just told her, this hurts, this is tender, be careful with it. And what does she do to it? She scrubs it. Because without it being dressed, without it being addressed, there's no healing. And for whoever attempts to address your wound, mm, they're not going to be your favorite person for a while. Shepherds were like that with sheep. When a sheep got wounded in a field, a shepherd would attend to it and, and make sure that it was okay, that affection did not set in. Pastors with people that they have been trusted with by their heavenly father will many times deal with wounds that you and I have in our life. And, and we'll talk about this or we'll address this topic or this subject or this happening in someone's life. And, and when it's first talked about and, you're, and maybe it's a loved one you've lost or maybe it's a relationship that have broken up or maybe somebody hurt you or broke your heart and maybe you have trust issues. And when it's talked about, that person that's addressing that is not necessarily your favorite person at the time, but it still needs to be addressed because everybody carries around wounds. Everybody carries around scars. There are some wounds that are easier to deal with than others, but there are some wounds that need a specialist if they are ever going to heal. I was uh, walking through the lobby this last Sunday, and last Sunday we had baby dedication Sunday, and lots of new families were here. Visitors from out of town came to see their, their uh, niece or nephew or their grandchild being uh, being dedicated back to the Lord. So not a lot of new people. People I didn't know, people didn't know me. So during the service, when Dan was speaking at the 11 o'clock hour, I went out to the lobby and there was a couple of girls, about 20, 22 years of age, something like that, sitting over here under, by, the coffee, by the coffee shop. And they were just sitting there by themselves. And when I, was, when I was walking by them, both of their body languages said, don't come over here. We do not want to talk to you. Do not come over and say Hello. Well, anytime I see anybody in our lobby with that kind of demeanor or that kind of body language, I take it on as a personal challenge. <laughs> so I walked over to them and I said, hey, how y'all doing? And this one that was sitting here like this, she just kind of kept looking down. She never looked up, never even gave me a look. And this one that was sitting over here, she looks up, she says, hi. I said, first time here? And this one, this one here goes, yeah. And that one over there goes, yeah, I've been here once before. And I go, okay, cool. I said, y'all got a church background? And this one, I said, have you ever been to church before? This one sitting here goes, no. 20-something years old. And the one sitting over here goes, yeah, when I was a little girl, but something happened in that church that felt weird, and I've never gone back. And I said, huh. So I kept talking to them a little bit more, and still no laughter, no smile, no talk, no connection whatsoever. And then I said this. I said, you see that guy up there speaking? And they, they go, yeah, they were looking at the monitor in the lobby. I said, that's my son. And they both kind of perked up and goes, that's your son? And I go, yeah, that's my son. You can't tell. Don't we look exactly alike? <laughs> and they laughed a little bit and stuff like that. And then I said, I've got a granddaughter who's 23 years of age. And I love her very much. But she hasn't figured it out yet. Have you? And they both kind of turned then and looked at me and said, figured what out? And I said, that all guys your age are selfish and stupid? Well, with that, they lit up. They were like, whoa, all right, we can talk about that. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Because I'd hit the nerve of the wound in which they were dealing with, didn't I? That they had been hurt, devastated, wounded by guys their age. And I said, you know, not all guys are like that. Not all guys want a wound or hurt. Uh, a girl, and not all guys are like that. There are some guys that have been wounded themselves, 
There's a lot of good men around here who's had their heart broken, a lot of good men around here whose defenses are up, a lot of good men around here who's been betrayed by somebody that they poured their everything into. And so they walk around kind of like you, just kind of wanting to be off by themselves, not wanting to be approached, not wanting to be hurt again. And I said, and when it comes to weird stuff going on around here, I said, you won't find any weird stuff going on around here. I said, we're just people that want to have a better life, a better marriage, a better relationship, a better family. We want our finances to go a little further. We want to have fun. We want to laugh. We want to have, do life with people that we enjoy very much. I said, we don't have anything weird going on around here. I said, we have a few weird people around here. I said, but most of them work on our staff, so we can keep them in check. But, I mean, I don't know. And after a little while, they laughed. They connected a little bit, and I hope they, I hope they come back. One of the last things I said to them was this. Everybody here has been wounded. Everybody. Those on the platform, those sitting in the seats, those hanging out in the lobby, those who shake your hands at the door, everybody is wounded. And if your wounds are going to heal, then they're going to leave a scar. Every wound you ever deal with in life, the loss of a loved one, the breakup of a relationship, words that were spoken by a parent, a stepfather, somebody you loved, somebody you trusted. Every wound is going to leave a scar, but a scar is a sign that that wound is in the process of healing. And with every scar that you bear, that I bear, turns into a story. I have a scar, if you were to look at it right below my right calf on my leg, it's a tooth mark from a German Shepherd canine dog. When I was 10 years old, running across the backyard with a friend, that dog shot out of its doghouse, thinking I was going to hurt its owner. And it got me by the leg and drug me across the backyard at the age of 10. I still carry the scar from that. And a pretty cool story. At the age of 12, I was at Daytona Beach, walking the, sh the beach, a couple of feet of water, never been to the ocean before. I stepped on a stingray. Stingray shot its stinger right up my heel, sent blood poisoning immediately up my leg. Dad took me to the hospital. I still have a scar on the bottom. And a story. At the age of 14, I was in a dune buggy wreck that crushed my left uh, rib cage and ruptured my spleen. Now a seven, eight inch scar on my left side. I still have the scar, and I still have a story. A few years ago on Thunder Mountain, right beside Green Mountain, up above Cedar Ridge, a July 4th, kind of a weekend, I was coming downhill off Thunder Mountain on an ATV, hit a guy head on, crushed my left wrist completely. He broke his as well, and I still have a scar from an external bar that they put on my, and I also have a story you too have scars, and with every scar that you have, you also have a story. And with every scar comes a story, and part of each story is this truth. You are at some stage of healing from that original, fresh wound.
get there to a time where the wounds that you're feeling today are so fresh and so painful and so tender you don't even want somebody to mention them especially not to try to deal with them to a point where you're thankful for them I mean most of the time when our wounds are fresh we don't we're not thankful for them we hurt we want to get together some friends and go find the person that hurt us right but to get to a point where your wound turns into a scar, which turns into a story that you can now tell to help somebody else, how do we get there? Well, the Bible tells us right here what we do. I mean, what do we do to be able to get to a point where we can keep going when we don't feel like going, where we can keep going through a day or keep working on this relationship or keep dealing with this issue another time, another day? What do we do? Well, the Bible tells us very simply in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, here is the answer. The Bible says, patiently, patient endurance is what we need now. Patient endurance when we've been hurt, when we've been wounded, when we're going through a season of life that we don't understand and is disrupting our relationship and disrupting our family. What do we do? We keep going. How? Patient endurance. The word patient means able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without coming annoyed or anxious. The word endurance means the power to keep going through unpleasant or difficult situations without giving up. So what God is telling us to do, patient endurance is what we need now, so that we will continue, that's the key, to do what? To do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. And all that God has promised for you and your family does not come until you keep going on. Well, pastor, that's the problem. There are things that have hurt me so badly, I don't feel like continuing on. Well, here's the problem with listening to your feelings. Your feelings do not have a brain. You ought to write that down. You ought to put that in the chat. Your feelings do not have a brain. So why in the world would anyone listen to their feelings? The Bible tells us when we take the next step that we need to take a step of what's called revelation. Revelation or revelation knowledge brings about transformation. It is more than just listening. You can hear a sermon and that not change you. It is the Holy Spirit of God that takes what saith the Word of God and then transforms your life with it. This is the difference between those that are living a full and satisfying life and those that are not. There are many people that hear messages week after week. They hear sermons. They can quote scriptures. But the difference between those and the life that they're living, and those that are living a blessed life, is that those that are living a blessed life had allowed the Holy Spirit to use revelation knowledge concerning that word into their life. What do we do? We personalize the promises of God. How do we do that? Well, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he can't, wait, 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 wait a minute. Faith speaking, personalizing the promises says this, God loved me. God's no longer angry at me. God is not mad at me. God is not unforgiving toward me. Bible says people can do all things through Christ. Wait a minute, whoa, whoa. I can do all things through Christ. 
who gives me the strength. Bible said, hey, you supply their needs according to Israel. No, no, wait a second. God's gonna supply my needs right now in Grand Junction, Colorado, according to his riches, not anything else or gas prices or anything in the new. God's gonna supply my needs. What's happening? It's revelation knowledge of taking that which God said and personalizing it by faith to that being to me. And it's those that don't just hear it. I can see that you're hearing it. It's not those that are just listening to it and can quote it and know where it is in Scripture. I get all that. We've witnessed that. It's those who, and this is a word you'll hear around here, and this isn't weird either. This is a word you'll hear around here when somebody says, man, things are going to get better for you. Your job's going to get better. I believe health is coming into your life. And that person goes, that person just doesn't go, well, thank you. Appreciate it. That person goes, I received that. I received that into the very depths of my soul. Because here's something that I learned a long time ago. Jesus Christ saved my soul. Thank you, Lord. But it is revelation knowledge of his word that saved my mind. Let that sink in. Jesus saved your soul. But it is his word that saves your mind that you're constantly taking and using to change the thoughts that are going into your mind by the news. Listening to the news doesn't make me better. It makes me angry. Listening to somebody's opinion about the news doesn't make me go, woohoo. It makes me matter. It is only the word of God that's speaking into my mind where I receive it, not just hear it. I receive it with revelation knowledge given to me of the Holy Spirit of God. That that is true for me. A minute ago when I read the scripture that said that if you'll just keep going and continue, that you'll receive all the promises of God. And many of you heard that and thought, that's probably for somebody else, but I'm probably not going to get all of them. Not in this lifetime. I mean, you know, I'm getting up in age. But the Bible said, when you get revelation knowledge, you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, my dreams can still come true. No matter what my life looks like, God brings about miracles. Miracles alter situations that have not been altered before. And that's why you never give up on a family member. You never give up on a friend. Because when God brings about his transformation into an individual's life, he will do whatever he needs to do as their father to get attention of a person who hasn't listened in the past. And many times, Pain is part of the process that brings about transformation and change. So thank you. Thank you, God, for the scars. Each one not only has given me a story that I might help somebody else. I mean, I can tell you right now, do not cross the fence of a backyard where there is a German shepherd asleep in a doghouse. Don't do it. There you go. But each one... I've gone through that. I buried a father. I buried a mother. I buried a father-in-law, a mother-in-law. I buried, I buried my sister. I buried, we buried, and had buried a couple of uh, family members. I mean, we've gone through that. And what I can tell you is as bad as it is right now and as hard as it, it is to keep going and as difficult as it feels, just keep going. And with every day you put distance. Listen, a butterfly isn't made a butterfly in a day, but a butterfly is made a butterfly daily. And healing doesn't take place in a day, but healing takes place daily. And all you have to do to experience it is just keep going. And with revelation knowledge, realize whatever it is you're dealing with and whatever it is you're facing, you've got backup. Woo, if I had the time this morning, I'd take you to the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 6. I'd let you look into the life of a man by the name of Elijah and his servant. The king of Aram wanted to stop those two men. So he sent an army of his men to surround this city where those two men were and to stop them in their tracks. Elijah's servant got out, looked around the hill, saw all the enemy that was there, the visible enemy that was there. Elisha gets up and goes, yeah. He goes, what are we going to do? Elisha goes, yeah, it's all right. We got more backup than they got people. We're good. And the servant's like, are you, hello? Uh, it's just us. Us too, that's it. And Elisha says, oh, I see the problem. You're hearing me, but you're not seeing what I see. You're listening to what I'm saying, but you're not taking it in as a personal promise by God to protect you and to protect us. So then Elisha says this, God, would you give him some eyesight that he doesn't have right now? 
to see that which has been around us all the time that he wasn't aware of. Now, what good does it do that God would give you anything that if you're not aware of it, you don't benefit from it? So now all of a sudden, it is not just that you hear, think, write around with two verses, put something on your screensaver. Now it's about you receiving revelation, knowledge of the truth of what God spoke concerning you as his child. And the Bible says that his eyes were open. He saw chariots of fire of God's angel armies surrounding them and protecting them. And then he went, whoo, yeah, we got this. We got back up. But the truth of the matter is that backup was there before he acknowledged that it was there. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. I don't care what you're facing right now that you think is bigger than you. It is not. The problem is not the enemy that you see. The problem is the lack of seeing the rescue and the power and the presence of God and the help that he has for you that you are not seeing. And once you do, the confidence come back, the hope comes back, the praise come back, the gratitude comes back, the appreciation comes back. Because you realize I got backup that's bigger than any problem that the enemy has put in my face. That's there to scare me. It is not there to hurt me. I love, uh, I love this little clip that somebody sent me. It was a Disney movie, and I think the movie was called Bear. Y'all help me if you've seen it. It's about a little bear cub. It's a while back. About a little bear cub, and it's the adventures of this little bear cub. Well, this particular clip that I got, this little bear cub was kind of running across the field and across the, and a mountain lion saw it and got after it. Well, the bear cub's mama was not anywhere around. So this mountain lion started chasing this little bear cub, and bear cub started running and kind of crying, and, and it crossed the little river, and the mountain lion was right behind it, and the bear cub climbs up on a little rock on the other side of the river, and this mountain lion climbs up on that rock, and the, and the little, little bear cub gives a little roar, got a pitiful little thing, and the mountain lion slaps it with its claws right across its face. Blood starts squirting, face starts bleeding, and the little bear cub, you know, he's whimpering, but he tries to rear back and give a roar to try to scare this mountain lion back, and in a minute, you see the mountain lion's ears perk up, and you see him look up and look over the head of that little cub to see mama bear standing on her hind legs roaring over the top of that little cub in the face of that mountain lion and the mountain lion turns and runs away. Here's my point. The cub had backup, it was not aware that it had backup. The danger had stopped with the presence of a mama bear. That reminds me of this story. You know what the difference is between a, mom, a, a bear getting after you and a mom and a grandma getting after you? If you cause problems to her kids or grandkids, a bear will kill you. A mom and a grandma would just make you wish you were dead. <laughs> Here's the point that I've tried to make to you. You've got back up with everything that you have gone through, with everything that you're dealing with today, with every season of life that seems to be wrecking havoc into your home, you've got a backup that only revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit will give you peace about and understanding about and vision about. You don't live like everybody else lives. You are a child of the Most High God and he is not mad at you. He wants to give you a full and a satisfying life. And one step after you have been so devastated and so wounded, you have to have revelation. And it comes from the Holy Spirit. And it is what makes a difference between those who walk out this life successful in God's promises. And it's what makes the difference between those who just know the verses, put the sticker on the back of the car, go to church and wave at somebody. And those that are living out the dream God's given you. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? Next week, I'm going to give you more steps, more steps to turn a wound into a scar and into a story that could help somebody else. But I just want to, I just want to ask you this, this morning before we, before we get ready to leave here, before we get ready to move on. Do you know how much God really loves you? Do you know he's forgiven you and he's not mad at you? He wants to give you a full and a satisfying life. And whatever is in the way from that, of, of that right now, it's just a season. 
it's not going to last. That wound will heal. But many times it's not the wounds that we see that we need to deal with because we are. Somebody is. Somebody's addressing them, looking at them. It's the wounds that we experience on the inside of a trail of disappointment, of being lied to, or being talked to in a way that we shouldn't have been, or our hopes or dreams being dashed, feeling like it's over. Now we feel like time, age, the problem, the enemy is bigger than us being able to have the kind of life God wants us to have until we get to heaven. (laughs) But the problem is you're missing your backup. You're not seeing with revelation knowledge that which God has made available to you. And once you see it, you walk differently and you talk differently and you act differently and you trust again and you begin to heal and move on. Can I ask you a question and will you please be honest with me? Anybody in here walking around with a fresh wound today? Would you raise your hand? Just come on, be real. Be real in here. A fresh wound. Something that's got your time and attention and your heartbeat and your emotions right now. Uh huh. It can grip you, can't it? Look at me, those of you that are raising your hand. It can grip you, can't it? It can make you think that nothing better is coming. It can make you think this season of your life, it's not going to get over anytime soon. It can captivate your entire attention. It can make you not trust again, not believe again, not think again, not plan again. And you hear some pastors saying, you better put another foot in front of the other and you better keep going with patient endurance. And here's what you say. You say, yeah, I'd like to do that. But with every inch of my heart and soul, I don't feel like it. And I remind you, dear brother or sister, your feelings do not have a brain. Never, ever be controlled by your feelings. Have revelation, knowledge of God's word. And if he said you continue and you'll have all his promises, then you continue and receive in the name of Jesus Christ all of his promises. And I speak that over you in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.